Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is recorded in Paul's letter to the Romans. We read in chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. These are the words of our text. In Christ Jesus, who is our victory in every circumstance of life, dear fellow Christians. If you're like 150 million or so other people in the country, last Sunday evening you were watching the Super Bowl. That was an exciting game. Kansas City Chiefs defeated San Francisco 49ers. The game was exciting, but I took special interest in the celebrations afterward. Naturally, the winning team had a lot to celebrate. They were exuberant. You could see it on their faces, their excited voices. And perhaps you saw it too. When you saw that celebration, did you perhaps feel a twinge of envy? So it seems sometimes that people like that are leading charmed lives. So everything goes their way. Whereas you and I face more ordinary lives and troubles along the way. It's easy to think that way, looking at outward appearances. But St. Paul in our text this morning tells us we don't have to envy them. He tells us that we're not just winners, we're more than winners. More than conquerors through him who loved us. And not just in a football game, but for all eternity. More than conquerors. It's a bold statement. And Paul backs it up with the words of our text. He issues a, a challenge. He says, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen, or his elect? The elect are those whom God foreknew from eternity, predestined, and then called to be his children. We're among those millions of elect. Paul says, well, who's going to bring any legal charge against them in God's court? 
you thought about all the people that could appear at God's court to testify about you, would they be able to bring a charge against you? What if your spouse were called before God's judgment throne to give an account of you? Would they be able to say, yes, this person is flawless, never noticed a single sin? Or would your husband or wife say, there were times when he or she got into a petty argument, took me for granted, far from perfect? What if your brother or sister were called to give an account before God about you? They say you were perfect, or would they have to admit sometimes you were mean to them? Neighbors, friends, co-workers, wouldn't they have to say that they witnessed you at times at not your best? Bring any charge? There would be a whole parade of witnesses who could bring a charge against you, right? Not only that, the Bible says that Satan is day and night accusing God's people of wrongdoing. In Revelation, he's pictured as an enormous red dragon who is threatening and sputtering and making those accusations. And the devil is a master at that. He'll make sin look very pleasant to begin with, but then, after we've fallen into sin, he'll accuse and point out to us how horrible it is and how we can't possibly have any hope of salvation. He's very good at dredging up past sins that we perhaps have forgotten or would like to forget. He wants to drive us to either despair, hopelessness such as Judas' experience, or else into self-centered pride that would say, yes, I can fix things. So Satan accuses us. And what's more, God doesn't need witnesses. He knows what we're like. The songwriter says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Pray to witnesses, Satan's temptations, God knows our sins. God could send every one of us to hell. Sin is that damning. And yet, what does Paul say? We are more than conquerors. How could he say that? Well, he goes on to say, if God is for us, who can be against us? If the judge of all is on our side, then no one can bring a charge against us. How do we know that God is on our side? I read a blog article a couple days ago that raised the question, how do you know you're forgiven? And the answer given was, well, you feel, you feel warm. They described feeling like you're being showered with rain. But it was all very subjective. If our salvation is based on emotions, well, then we're in deep trouble. But Paul says instead, how do we know? Well, God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. God credited Abraham with sacrificing Isaac, even though God prevented him from actually carrying it out. And God referred to Isaac as the son Abraham dearly loved, which is true. But then look at God, our Heavenly Father. 
He did sacrifice his holy, only begotten son for our sins. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. The whole purpose of this Lenten season is to focus on all that Jesus endured. Not because he deserved it, but because we did. He took our guilt and cleansed us from it with his blood. And so God justifies us, pronounces us not guilty. And not only does God justify you and me, he's justified the whole world, pronounced all people not guilty. The proof of that is Jesus' resurrection. He was put to death for our sins and raised again for our justification. Justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. More than conquerors? Absolutely. We're forgiven children of God. And not only did Jesus sacrifice his life once and for all, he is still interceding for us. If anyone sins, the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We have a lawyer who pleads our case. Not on the basis of how good we are, but on how perfect our Savior was in our place. And he continually does that. So every day we sin, tonight we're going to have to come before the Lord and confess that sin again, or even long before tonight. But what a comfort to know that the Lord Jesus is right there, pleading our case on the basis of his all-atoning sacrifice. How can we not be more than conquerors? He did not spare his own son, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And yet there's kind of a disconnect when we apply our human reason to this. Because our human reason would say, if we're more than conquerors, well, that's going to show in our lives. There are many who believe that following Jesus means that God will give them good health, decent income, plenty of friends. But the Lord never promises that. Instead, he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself take up his cross, and follow me. No one loves us more than the Lord. Jesus proved that by living for us, dying for us, rising again, promises eternal life. That's the, the ultimate event in history. God's Son made peace between us and God. We are more than conquerors. But it's not going to be measured, or it's not dependent upon our earthly lives. <clears throat> it's not dependent upon the age of the car we drive, or how large our house or bank account is. That's irrelevant. No matter what is happening in our earthly lives, we are more than conquerors, because we're God's children. Nothing can change that. We see that in Paul's life, too. Think of how many times Paul writes in the epistles about being content. He uses himself as an example. Talks about rejoicing, even in the greatest of suffering, because he was still God's child. Paul wrote, To this very hour we go hungry and thirsty, we are in rags, we are brutally treated, we are homeless, we work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. 
Up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth, the refuse of the world. In our text, he quotes Psalm 44. For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. When Paul and Silas were in jail in Philippi, with their feet locked in the stocks, you may remember what happened. They were singing hymns of praise. How incredible is that? They had no idea what was going to happen the next day. They might be released. They might be executed. And yet they were more than conquerors. They were God's children. So they knew that everything had to happen according to God's will. When David took his sling and chose a few smooth stones to meet Goliath, that nine-foot Philistine giant, he was confident he was more than a conqueror. And it wasn't because he felt he was a, a more experienced veteran warrior than the Israelites cowering in their tents. He was just a shepherd boy. But, as he told Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear, I come against you in the name of the Lord. Or remember Job? With breathtaking suddenness, he lost his entire family and possessions. Naturally, he was devastated. And yet, he knew he was more than a conqueror. He trusted in the Lord. And he knew that even if he was going to die, which he felt he would at any moment, he said, I know my Redeemer lives. That in the end, he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I, not another. How my heart yearns within me. Think of how that applies to us today. Last Sunday in Bible class, we were talking about worries. And we all share different worries that we've had or have over the years. Things like sickness, the hurt that comes from the loss of a loved one. You know, what's on your list of worries today? Are you concerned about finances, how much money you need, how you're going to spend the money? The Lord does provide. Maybe you're struggling with an especially difficult temptation which the devil keeps hammering against you, as he did Jesus. Maybe we're worried about persecution, how that's going to come into our lives. We're concerned about children, grandchildren, parents. Maybe it's just an avalanche of problems that all came crashing in all of a sudden. Well, you can take that list and look at it, and no matter how long it is, no matter how big the problems are, you're still more than a conqueror. Because nothing can change the fact that Jesus is your Savior. He's called you into his kingdom through baptism. You belong to him. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, we don't always feel like champions, do we? At times, just the stress, the pressures, 
can close in on us, sap our energy and enthusiasm, drag us down. Doesn't mean you're not a conqueror. You are. And at those times, go to the Lord. Pour out your heart to him. You don't have to put up a brave front before the Lord. He knows everything about us anyway. So you can simply tell him what's on your heart and soul. Confess your sin, and then look to the Lord Jesus, our high priest, who is tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin, who came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And then let the Lord strengthen your faith, give you the confidence that you are more than a conqueror. Listen to the Lord's promises. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. For I am the Lord your God. We are more than conquerors. And it's not a wish. It's a fact. It's not saying, well, I, I hope I'm a conqueror. Or I think I'm a conqueror. No, we are more than conquerors. Nothing is more certain or constant. So it can't be taken from us by time, whether the past, present, or future. No power can steal it from us. No distance can put us so far away that it can't reach us. Thank God we are more than conquerors today and forever. And let's live that way. Amen. <clears throat> if God himself before me, I may a host defy. For when I pray before me, my foes confounded fly. If Christ, my head and master, befriend me from above, what foe or what disaster can drive me from his love? The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.